information. This is as real as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Guest Berry Nutrition Spokesmodel. And you are listening to the UCW Radio Show in your face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. Welcome to the UCW Radio Show. I'm your host, Lou Velasquez, and thank you for joining us. Uh, We make uh, an effort to bring the best guests on this show uh, to share them with our listeners. And today's no different. We have a great guest on the show. Uh, she's an MPC national figure competitor. She's also a fitness model, and she also developed her own training and diet and exercise system. And she also uh, works with people on an international basis. And on top of that, if all goes well, which I think it is, uh, she's going to be uh, she's going to go pro next year. So those are the, the highlights. And the young lady's name is Allison Moyer. Uh, she's a fierce competitor. If she, uh, she's definitely, you know, uh, a great fitness model. If you see her pictures, you'll see how she stands out in a crowd without a doubt. She's an individual. If ever <laughs> there was an individual, there you go. You have it in Allison Moyer. Uh, anyway, we have Allison uh, on hold. So as opposed to having her wait any longer, uh, let's bring her on the show. Allison, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. Uh, thanks for uh, making time for us. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, know it's great to have you on. Uh, I know uh, we we tried doing this once before; it didn't work out too well. <laughs> unsuccessfully, very unsuccessfully. Yeah, but that's my fault. Uh, I know uh, our listeners are looking forward. I have been looking forward to to hearing your story. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, from what I understand, you are a nationally uh, uh, an NPC nationally ranked uh, figure athlete, right? Uh, yes, yes, that's correct. Okay. I've been competing in the NPC since 2007. Okay, now I know what the NPC is. I know what it is uh, to be a figure athlete, but a lot of our listeners may not uh, know. So if you can, if you can just indulge me, and for the benefit of our listeners, uh, <laughs> sure. if, if you can just uh, just tell us the difference between being a figure competitor and a bodybuilding competitor. Certainly. Um, well, first off, I mean, figure is more about, I always call it physique sculpting more than bodybuilding. Um, it's actually more so about the, the structure and symmetry and creating feminine lines and, you know, muscular curves as opposed to just being big and hard and ripped. Um, although figure did kind of grow from bodybuilding, it, it's extremely, extremely different from bodybuilding. Um, and we don't do a routine. Uh, most people are, even if they're not overly familiar with bodybuilding, they are aware that bodybuilders do posing routines and they have mandatory poses. And in figure, there's none of that. It's just a very formal presentation, four main poses, quarter turns, so the judges can look at you from front, back, and both sides. And that's pretty much it. Our stage time is pretty minimal. <laughs> um, they bring you guys on, but, uh, they kick you off. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. There isn't there isn't a whole lot of bells and whistles to it. Um, and as far as the NPC, you know, there's 
obviously a variety of organizations, both within the United States and worldwide, that sanction you know bodybuilding shows and figure shows. And the NPC is one of them. It stands for the National Physique Committee. Um, but what's unique about the NPC is it feeds directly into the ISBB, which, again, most people, even if they don't know what the ISBB is, they know who Jay Cutler is or they know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is or something right. like that. And they're ISBB you know, professionals. It's the International Federation of Bodybuilders. So it's really the only – the NPC is the only way to access – the, the ISPB as a pro division. Oh, so if you're in another uh, organization competing, you really can't get into the IFBB then? No, like if you compete in NABA and you win your pro card, you're a, you're a NABA pro. You're not an IFBB pro. If you compete in the OCB and you win your pro card, then I think they call you an INBF pro. You're not a IFBB pro. So to me, the IFBB, is, it's, it's the creme de la creme. It's you know, the be-all and end-all of where you would want to be as a physique competitor, so why not compete in the NPC? Because it's really the only way to access that organization. I agree with that, and I'll just expand on that thought. You know, the IFBB has been around, you know, forever, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, Sergio, uh, to, you know, to Arnold and uh, Franco Colombo, and you go go down and people know Jay Cutler, Rich Gasparri, Lee Haney, all these guys. And these right. are people that, Samir Banout, you know, or Banu, uh, these are people that made an impact on bodybuilding and they made an impact, you know, in Hollywood. <laughs> yep. You know, man, and in politics too. Look at, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, the American. I know. My God. <laughs> Who'd have ever thought, right? Yeah, but you know something? You know what that, that shows people? Is that bodybuilders aren't stupid. Not not all of them, anyway. But they're not stupid. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they're not. You yeah. know, they're not. But let me ask you, Allison. Now, how did you how did you get involved in the, the figure bodybuilding scene? Um, Let's see. I'm 26. I did my first show when I was 20. Um, and it was kind of... I don't necessarily want to say by chance, but essentially it was. I was just, I had gotten really into lifting uh, when I was about 18, 19, and joined a local gym in LA Fitness, because that's what was around at the time, and a, a bodybuilder saw me there, a national level bodybuilder, and he asked me if I competed, and I had no clue what he was talking about. And he said, you look like you do figure. And I said, I had no, I had no idea what figure was. None. And fig at the time, figure was relatively new. Um, the IFBB had just, you know, sanctioned it at the pro level. And so it was, it was still gaining some, you know, momentum and popularity and things like that. So I just, I didn't know anything about it. He took me to a figure show and explained to me what it was and said that he thought I had good genetics for figure and that I should, that I should do a show. So he put me on my first contest diet and the rest is history. I competed in my first show when I was 20. Uh, it was a local NABA show, which stands for, I got a nat nat National Amateur Bodybuilding. I don't even know. I don't even know what NABA stands for anymore. We'll call it NABA. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was my first show, and, and I won the figure title in that show, and I was hooked, and I said, I want to do NPC. And I... 
you know, kind of move forward from there. But that's kind of how I got suckered into it. It was, it was by chance. It was never like I had made up my mind that I wanted to do a figure show. But, but you were training, I, you said you were training at LA Fitness, right? Uh, yes. Okay, all right. So you had the basketball court, the racquetball, all that jazz. None of which I accessed, but yes, it was all no, there. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't try to dunk? My God. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, but you know, let, let me ask you this, Allison. You know, when you started training, uh, it wasn't something that you just said you woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to go train. Uh, you've been athletic your whole life. Uh, yeah. Yes, I was, uh, I mean, I've been athletic since I was a little girl, but you know, in, in high school, I played, or excuse me, ran track, indoor track and cross country, and I continued running cross country into college. And I ran my freshman year of college, and to just to be blunt, I was just I had gotten disinterested with it. I felt like I had, you know, achieved what I what I wanted to achieve or what I had needed to achieve out of cross country, and I really just didn't find myself getting as into it at the collegiate level as I was at the high school level. And so my freshman uh, semester running cross country was also my last semester running cross country. And uh, from there, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. I'd always, I'd always been competitive, so I needed that outlet. And I was going to the college gym, just doing my cardio and running on the treadmill and, you know, just staying active. And I kind of just moseyed over to the weight side of the gym one day and decided I wanted to start lifting. Um, I was really, really skinny, so I was the opposite of a lot of people. A lot of people are fat, lose weight, and do a show. I was skinny, really skinny, and had to build, had to build muscle to do a show, so. So you, you built up, and you got yourself lean and mean, and, uh, but you weren't intending to do a show. You were just working out, trying no, to No, I just together. wanted to start to lift. Yeah. I just, and then I got really into lifting, and, you know, the more you get into something, the more you get into it, especially when you're at that age, you're just, you know, you just, you're like a sponge, you just soak it up. I, I just, I talked to other people, I read about lifting, I read about training, I read about nutrition. I loved it so much I switched my major in college to wellness and sports science. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, you know, I just, I fell in love with it and most people who get really passionate about what they do, you know, writers or artists or whomever, they'll say that this, it's just, they just felt like they were home when they, when they kind of found what they were supposed to do. And as soon as I got in the gym and started lifting and started learning about food and what it does in the body and the whole gamut, I was just kind of like, ah, this is where I was supposed to be. It just felt very natural. Well, a lot of people, you know, they see people going to the gym working. I mean, obviously, we're in, you know, in America, you have the obesity problem. Uh, people are going to the gym. They're trying to stay in shape. You have people that are single trying to get themselves together to go find someone else, so on and so forth. Uh, but I, I think that a lot of people don't understand that when you're like in your position, you know, it's not just you know training to do a figure competition. It becomes a, more of a science because you have to mess with yep. your diet and all this stuff. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, it's definitely. I always try to explain to people. You know, whenever you get just the average person who doesn't have much comprehension of what it takes to look the way you look, they'll be like, gosh, how do you get your abs like that? What ab exercises do you do? Sweetie, you can crunch until you're blue in the face. What you put in your mouth is what's going to make your abs show or not show. You know, most, and that's what even kind of separates 
competitors from just your average gym rat. You know, most people like being active, most people to some degree, whether it's yoga or running or cycling or lifting. And there's tons of people who love to lift, who love to train. They cannot do the diet. And the diet is what produces the look, you know, not necessarily the training. I mean, obviously the training is important, but I could train the way I train. And if I ate whatever I wanted, there's no way I would look the way I look. Of course not, because you're 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 building from inside as well. Right, of course. Okay, so that's why, you know, uh, people, you know, you can go to work out as much as you want. Uh, you're not going to get the results unless you diet. You know, and that's, uh, someone told me that right. a long time ago uh, in L.A. They said, Abs are you know, made in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where it all begins. That's where it all yep. begins. I like that. Uh, now, how often do you train? Um, I typically typically train six days a week. I take one day out of the gym, just totally out of the gym. Now, of those six days, probably five have lifting involved, and the other day is just, it's just cardio. Um, but, you know, my training changes depending on where I'm at during the year. Am I getting ready for a show? Am I not getting ready for a show? You know, it all just kind of, and it depends on what my body needs. You know, I kind of let my physique dictate what my training what my training is. If I'm looking like I'm lacking in a certain spot, I may hit shoulders, you know, twice that week. I may hit shoulders heavier that week. Uh, if my legs are looking a little full, I may lay off them for a little. You know, it just, I manipulate my training kind of according to to how my body looks. But I'm, regardless, I'm pretty much in the gym six days a week at least. Um, that's It's a mental thing for me as well. <laughs> you made it uh, your life. You know, yeah, I, 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 I need to get. I go a little loopy if I don't get in the gym. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know exactly. When, what when you I mean. start to get like cranky and irritable, it's like send her to the gym. Just yeah, put her on a put her on a elliptical or a treadmill or give her some dumbbells or something. <laughs> yeah, that's when your boyfriend says you need to go to the gym. Yeah, exactly. not in an hour. I'm talking in the next five seconds. Leave. Exactly. Oh, after nationals this year, my trainer said, you know, take at least a week out of the gym. And I was like, okay. And Randy rolled his eyes and he's like, bullshit. There's yeah. no way she's going to take a week. And it wasn't. It was like two days. It was the most I could last. <laughs> I was back in. Well, that's good. You're passionate about something. As you said, like an artist or anyone else, if you're passionate about something, it's going to show and the end result for you is going to be on stage. And more, more so, the end result is going to be you when you're being photographed. And that's something we're going to touch on later uh, with your modeling career. But I want to finish up on your your physique, uh, your, your figure uh, competing, and what, you're, and what you're doing now with all that knowledge. You're, you're, you actually have a uh, training, well, I'm going to call it a training system that you have, right? Uh, yes, yes, correct. I, um, yeah. I own my own company which I launched in January, February of 2010. So it's been about a year um, that I've had it. And it's kind of just, you know, I just, I run my own business, um, training and nutrition and lifestyle management consulting. Um, and the my company is kind of a result of my own trial and error. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I do this on a day-to-day basis, so I'm my own guinea pig. Um, I've done a ton of different diets. I've done low carb, no carb, carb cycle, you know, high fat, no fat, low fat, high, you know, I've done tons of different diets. 
I've done tons of different methods. Um, and you get to kind of be a connoisseur of sorts when you just kind of put your foot in and you do a lot of trial and error. And then, you know, my company is the product of my own experience with personal training and nutritional planning and the way it's run in the world and how much flaw there is with it. Um, because most people, their only experience with trainers is the trainers that they encounter in, in their local gym. You know, walk into your local goals and you, you know, you know you want a trainer and they explain to you what training is. That's, for the most part, that's the only, you know, comprehension people have of personal training. It's somebody working with you for a half an hour or an hour and you pay like a yin-yang for it. Like, you know, 50 bucks in my area, even more so if you live, you know, obviously like you from New York, correct? Exactly. The accent gives that away. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah. There you go. I was trying to hide it a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, you know, you pay so much for it and you only get like an hour or a half an hour of somebody's time. And yeah. that's really the only experience people have with personal training. And my, my issue with that, going to college for wellness and sports science and knowing what I know is that one size does not fit all. Um, a cookie cutter approach to training does not work. I couldn't train you the same way I would train your mother the same way I would train myself. I would right. train a 60-year-old woman as opposed to a 25-year-old man. You know, and you, you need somebody who has a good knowledge base. And unfortunately, most with the regulations in most local gyms, you know, any guts with 100 bucks can get online and get a certification, walk into a gym and start training people. That's, and That's a little scary. <laughs> it is it is very scary. I really wish I one of the things I'm passionate about is having more stringent regulations. I mean, I think you should have to go to college for training. You're working with somebody's body. You're working with the with the human physique um and you're at a huge risk for liability risk for causing injury or hurting somebody or giving wrong information or anything like that. But so my company kind of came out of that cuz I wanted to present an option that I know to be true, which is that individualized nutritional planning and individualized exercise prescription is what's going to work, not an Atkins diet or a South Beach diet or a low-carb, high-carb, you know, something that works for you. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's hormonal makeup is different. Everybody's genetic makeup is different. Everybody has different schedules, has different goals, has different wants and needs for their physique. And I wanted to present an option to the public that allowed them to access something like that. So I'm not, you know, a person who just does one type of diet with my clients. I will do whatever works <laughs> to get you the results that you need. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error, but so far I've been very blessed to be very successful at, you know, what I do. So. Well, look at you. You do well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's going to argue with that point, not at all. Not at all. But now you now you the name of your company, it's um Alley Fitness, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Um and what I wanted to ask you is this. Now well, I I actually want to make a statement because <laughs> you you have Alley Fitness, you're online and maybe you know, twenty years ago they didn't have this. It's they have it now. Uh a majority of the people you train, where are they located? All over the country um, and out of the country. So I do have some clients that I see in person on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I do do that. But 
the majority of my clientele are online. Um, I have 67 online clients. So that, that kind of gives you a raw number. Um, I would take on more, except I'm only one person and I want to keep it that way. So I can only do so much at one time. Sure. But um, I have clients as nearby as 30, 40 minutes away that I work with online. And I have clients as far as the UK and, and Germany are the two farthest. So the the concept of online training, you know, works for numerous reasons. It scares some people because they're not used to thinking about personal training in terms of having it occur online, but it works because it's more affordable for the client and it's more time savvy for the trainer. So that's two perks, you know, right there. And with picture submissions and, you know, text messaging and all, I mean, everything's online now. I mean, it's just, it's so easy to communicate via the internet and keep in touch with my clients, you know. Yeah, everything is my, online. Dating's online. Everything's online. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, companies advertise their Facebooks and their Twitter on the television. You know, people, companies in general understand that everything is online and in order to be successful, you need to be successful online. So it didn't make any sense for me to put in all time, money, effort, and energy into opening up some brick and tile personal training studio and trying it the old-fashioned way when online training has been, you know, so successful. So It's a big thing. And actually, what we're going to do right now, Allison, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with you because I want to talk more about your online training, but I also want to talk about your modeling so people know... Okay the whole gambit of what you do. All right, and uh, we'll be right back. As a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, joining IAVA.org really helps in the transition home. It's a network of OIF and OEF vets like me who've got your back here, just like we did over there. That means when you need help navigating the GI Bill, we've got your back. And when you're dealing with the transition home, we've got your back. Or when you just want someone to share stories with, we've got your back. Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by IAVA and the Ad Council. I can't be trusted. It's true what they say. I can't be trusted. So I'm just going to go ahead and be frank. Hang up the phone now. Not even on my best day And it is all my fault We want two different lives It is all my fault I should have gone ahead and lived a life And you're just a victim Oh, I did this to you And it is all my fault I deserve to hurt too
Mic check, one, two. Big poser coming to you fake yeah. here ever. Got no more games since nah. I got with the juice. Uh-uh. No cruising with my friends, they cut me loose. Now my coach is hating, parents keep berating. Good thing my team's still behind me saying. Hey, yo, what happened to my teammates, man? Yo, where y'all at, man? Come on, man. I thought we were family. Ugh, don't be a poser. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. All right, we are back with Allison Moyer, a nationally ranked MPC figure athlete. Uh, Allison, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And now we're, we're going to continue our conversation. We were talking about your online training, and uh, I, I think that's that's interesting because uh, a lot of people, and I, I would think that some people, well, not a lot of people, maybe some people, they have a, uh, I guess, a mental thing that they need someone physically to push them. Right. But that's not the case, is it? Um, you know, unfortunately, some some people are the type of people that they won't go to the gym unless, they say they won't go to the gym unless they have somebody there to push them. But in my experience, those are the people that don't stick with it to begin with, meaning they're the ones that don't even come to the gym at some point to meet with their trainer. Um and those are obviously individuals that, you know, need to start tackling, in my opinion, outside issues other than just, you know, why can't you get to the gym? Why do you actually have to have somebody there shoving you through a workout? Um, I would have them, I would recommend they tackle those issues first. And obviously that would be the type of client that wouldn't, you know, couldn't work with me. But there's a lot of people who can get to the gym and enjoy getting to the gym. They just don't know what to do once they get there. Or they don't know what to do in order to achieve their goals. You you have some guy who wants to put on muscle, but he's, you know, not lifting correctly. Or you have some girl who wants to lose, oh, let's lose weight in her legs, and she's doing heavy squats. You know, they don't, people aren't sure what to do and how to do it and how to string together a workout. And even more importantly, how to eat to supplement that good workout, and that's where I come in. If you can get to the gym on your own, you're golden. We can work together. Well, that, that, that's excellent. See, I think a lot of, I mean, you have to follow through. You have to follow through. If there's no follow through, then going to the gym is, is uh, it's like a useless event because you're not actually make, you're not doing anything. I mean, how many people go to the gym and, you know, they go to the gym for years and they look the same today that, that they did five years ago when it's, there's no progress? Exactly. You know, that has to do with their, their guidance. I mean, some, you know, as long as people are active, I guess that's a good thing. But I, I'm, I'm assuming that when people, you know, want to go and they want to work out, that they want to see results. Exactly. That's what you do. You know, that's what I do. Yeah, well, you, you're good at it. I know that much. You know, <laughs> um, let, let me ask you this. Now, let's say we, we have people listening to the show. Let's say they're interested in your fitness, uh, your online fitness training, and maybe they know how to work out or they go to the gym. How would they work with you? Um, well, the first thing they would need to do is go to my website, um, and I offer a variety of different services um, to clients. So they would kind of need to, you know, read through those and kind of figure out which option works best for them. Or if they're not sure, they can just, you know, contact me and say, this is who I am and these are my goals and what do you recommend. Um, either way, there's a general contact form on that website which 
um, gives me your information and kind of gives me a, a launching pad to start with. Um, very, very basic questions, you know, your name, age, gender, where you're at currently and where you want to be. Um, and I correspond with everybody personally. You do not get automated anything from my website. I wanted to keep it that way. I don't have anybody else checking my emails. I don't have anybody else answering emails or dispensing any kind of advice in my name. So as soon as that general contact form is filled out, it comes right to me and I'm the one who responds. And from there, you know, we just move forward according to the individual client's needs. So if I have somebody who wants just a nutrition plan, then I would, you know, write her just a nutrition plan. If I have a competitor who's looking to get in shape for a show 12 weeks from now, we'd be doing a contest prep package. Um, so it's kind of picking the direction uh, that the client needs to go, and then we move forward from there. You know, I after payments received, you know, we just start working together. And then in terms of tracking progress and keeping in touch, I mean, my clients pretty much have, I want to say 24-7, but pretty much have 24-7 yeah. access to me. You know, they can email me at any time. They can text message me at any time. If we need to set up a phone call, they can, we can do that. Um, that's all included. I want my clients to feel like they have somebody in their corner who cares about whether they succeed or fail at this because that's half the battle and that's half the reason people get trainers and I don't care what they say. I'm, I have a trainer and I tell her most of the time, you know, it's not because I can't do, I could do my own diet and training if I wanted to, but you need the motivation and you want to have somebody in your corner who you feel cares about whether you stick to this or not. And so my clients pretty much have unlimited access to me, and then they submit photos on a weekly basis. Um, most of my clients submit Friday through Sunday, and I review the photos and make any changes to their nutrition and training that need to be made in order to keep them on the route towards their goal. Okay, well, I'm going to add on to that because I, I know you have your online training, and the people that that uh, come and they sign up for this, you know, what, what I want our listeners to understand is that there's no, that you have no restrictions on who can actually uh, sign up. So, I mean, I, I mean, no. age restrictions, of course, but I, I mean, as far as if you're, if you're overweight, underweight, this, that, you're a competitive bodybuilder, no, you're no, competitive. No, no, no. I have everyone from competitive athletes to right. women in their 60s to young men, men in their 40s. Uh, I've worked with clients. My one client lost 70 pounds with me. I had another client put on 22 pounds that he wanted to put on. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it really, no, I don't have, I don't have any kind of restrictions. And unfortunately, because I'm a competitor, I think most people assume that I only work with other competitors or that they have to be some kind of diehard athlete in order to work with me, and that's not the case. And that's what I wanted to, to, to exploit. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, I, will gladly work with gladly work with anyone. No matter what your goal is, I'll find the best way to tackle it. Yeah, I mean look, look at you. You're you're a nationally ranked NPC figure athlete. You're en route to becoming a professional, to, to, to go and hit the IFBB the big time. And I'm sure you're gonna get I hope to, so. <laughs> uh, well I'm sure. I mean you are gonna get to that point. You have a, a lot of things in your favor. Okay, first, you're passionate Second, you, 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 your physique, you have a, a natural physique for that, and you worked hard to get it. 
you know. I mean, you can have you can be natural in certain ways, but you need to build on it, and that's what you did. You built on it. Yep. And you can see it. You can see it. You know, I mean, you can have natural ability. You can have a natural physique, but if you don't do something to to make it flourish, then it's useless. You're just going to be like everyone else, and and you're not. So, but you you're going to that point. Uh, to becoming pro, and I'm sure it's going to happen sooner than later. And even you have a trainer. Yes. Because you need it. Yes, I do. Yep. Um, her name's Gretchen from GST Fitness. Um, she's located in Maryland. And, uh, yeah, I think I am of the firm opinion that no matter how uh, novice or advanced you are in your in your training, you need a trainer. Um if for no other reason than it's a second set of eyes, it's a second opinion, it's another voice in your head, it's somebody to keep you on track, it's somebody su- to suggest something or point something out that you may not have thought of on your own. Um, and I actually think it's more important to have a trainer the more advanced you become. I mean, I can't think of any pro-level figure competitor, just using figure as an example, or even really national-level figure athlete that doesn't have a trainer. That doesn't have a trainer, you know, all those girls, you know, they all have trainers because, and it's not that they don't know what they're doing on their own, but it's because the more advanced you get and the longer you stay at this, the more apt you are to getting stuck in your own rut. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's imperative that you have a trainer. It's same. It's the same premise if you look at boxing, for example. You have professional boxers. Can they box? Yeah. Can they hurt somebody in the ring? Sure. But do they need trainers? Absolutely. Without a trainer, yep. you're not going anywhere. So there's, yep. you know, there's no real difference because it's still, a, you know, even though uh, you're not punching somebody's lights out, but you're still pushing your body to the limit. Yep. Of course. I mean, Olympic athletes have trainers. Yeah. And it's not because they don't know how to swim or run or jump on their own, but it's because you need to have a trainer. You just need somebody there, you know, monitoring you and pushing you and challenging you and and motivating you, both physically and mentally, because so much is competing and being athletic, no matter what your sport is, is mental. Yeah, and see, I'm glad you said mental, because people, you know, you have trainers as, as athletes, but you also have trainers in business, you have trainers, you know, in yep. and, other facets of people's lives, they utilize a trainer because you want someone to point it out to you or, 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 or kind of structure something around you because the, the older you get and the more structured you get, you kind of get stuck with that mindset. No matter what you do, even yeah. though you don't want to do that, that happens, and that happens in ath- in, in uh, athletics as well, especially pro athletics. You know, and this is when I guess when, when you watch football, you have guys they have trainers too, but you see how uh, some of them get out of control and they lose their professionalism. You know, they yeah. they need to be trained. Maybe they need anger management or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be trained in some way. Back upside the head. Yep. Yeah, something. exactly. You know, so uh, yeah, for our listeners, you know that. That want to be trained. If you're lucky enough, you know you can uh, you can train online with Allison Moyer. She's a jam. Now, now we I will, let me get that website so that uh, as people hearing this segment, they can uh, go to your website. Certainly, it's uh, www.alli. It's a l l i dash fitness dot com, um, or they can just contact me via email. Uh, it's a little easier to remember sometimes, and that's just Allison Moyer at live dot com. 
Okay, yeah, I just we're gonna we're gonna say that again uh, at the end of the show, but I want to throw that in there as people are listening to this, so they can actually go to your website and see what you do. Now, going from from this, you know, a lot of you know people you know, in your your case, you have you know young women that may want to get involved and figure uh, you know uh, competition. What advice would you give them for someone that is interested in doing this? Be prepared to work harder than you've ever worked. Um, I was unaware the first time I did a competition diet how hard it is. And it's the diet coupled with the training, coupled with the meal preparation and the hydration, dehydration, nutrient manipulation. I mean, we, America is used to living in a state of comfort and in a state of abundance. And your entire prep, you're in a state of discomfort and deprivation. And it takes a lot of mental strength to work through the physicalness of training and the physical deprivation of your diet. And I don't think, I think most people look at the sport, especially most women, and they see these, you know, beautiful, muscular, feminine girls in heels and lots of makeup and blinged out suits. And they think, oh, that looks like fun. And they don't realize the behind the scenes that goes into the, the preparation for the show. You know, sleepless nights, being tired, dragging, having digestive issues, have, I mean, all, all kinds of stuff that competitors encounter during their prep. So you have to really bolster yourself and just be prepared to work hard. And if you, if you're prepared to work hard, I guarantee you competing is one of the most rewarding experiences. Even people who've only done a show once and they don't do one again, I know they, I don't know anybody who regrets going through a prep or getting on stage. Okay, can I add on to that? Or actually ask a question? Um, because, you know, you were just mentioning about the, the physical uh, part of it and the dieting and the uh, the mental strength that you need to continue to go forward. Now, a lot of women, uh, I, I would think that they have other people in their lives, you know, a husband, boyfriend, right. things of that nature. You know, can you touch on on the potential stress that it brings into a relationship? It can create, I mean, it can create a lot of stress. Um, you can spin it any way you want to spin it, I think, but competing is a very self-centered sport. It's very selfish. Uh, it's all about you and your training and the times that you need to get to the gym and you need to eat six times a day and those meals have to be X, Y, and Z and they have to be measured and portioned in space two to three hours apart and you have to drink how much water to, and I could go on and on and on but the majority of it is is that there's so much structure and scheduling that goes around you that depending on your significant other it, it, it can create a lot of problems it can create a lot of problems or it can really strengthen a relationship but I know it places a lot of stress on uh, on relationships and, and you, you're you're fortunate because uh, I don't know if it's fortunate or not, you know. But your your significant other, he understands what you're going through. Uh yes, yeah. He's um he's older than me. Um, he's forty. I'm twenty six. So we have a fourteen year age gap. And he uh he was a national level bodybuilder for years. And so even though I actually think it's like the ideal situation because. He doesn't compete anymore, so it's not like two competitors trying to diet and live together. But he still understands what it takes to prepare for a show, and he understands what it takes to compete at the national level. And 
so there's a lot of support there. There's just a lot of a lot of support. You know, he doesn't give me any grief when I need to go to the gym. He doesn't give me any grief when I need to plan or prepare my food, you know, and he understands that I have to stop and eat or take my food with me or drink all the time. He understands when I'm irritable or when I'm tired or, you know, because he went through it all himself, right. even more so because he was doing bodybuilding. And you want to talk about people who diet. My bodybuilders diet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like hardcore stuff. Yeah, those, those guys. Those guys, I mean, hats off. Yeah, I mean, I, I had um, Rich Gasparri uh, on the show, and, you know, he's a great guy. You know, if you want to talk about an inspiration, you know, hear, hear his stories. I mean, this guy is an inspiration through and through. Uh, but his diet and his uh, training, uh, amazing. And this guy would be striated with veins on top of his veins and another vein on top of that vein. Yep. You know, but that that comes from dieting and and training hard and and yep. you're talking about uh, holding back and and uh, kind of torturing yourself. There you go. <laughs> it, it yeah, it all it is. It's a, it's basically just a deprivation. I mean, I always said that. I mean, because I had I'd obviously worked hard before in athletics in my life, and I'd worked hard at lifting, but having to pull the same load in the gym, you know, you're still doing two sessions of cardio a day. Some people do three and you're still lifting every day, but now you're doing it on half the calories. I mean, it's like, it's hard. And that's where, that's where the mental strength comes in because that and the dizziness. <laughs> yeah. Cause Arnold was right. You know, he said, you got to use your, use the mind, you know, where the mind goes, the body will follow. That, and when the mind goes, the body goes. That, that, that is a fact. And then again, that's, you, you keep talking about the mind and uh, I think you know mental strength, without a doubt, is key in in what you're doing. But it's in, it's key in, in other things because what you're what you're saying can transcend into other uh, other uh, areas. other areas of life yeah, or other facets. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. It can just transcend into other areas and just go down that road because uh, without without your mind, you really don't have too much. Exactly. Without the body, you don't have anything other than that. Then you're <laughs> right, right. Then, then you're toast. Okay, so now, uh, all right, so if someone is interested in doing that, they have to understand that mental toughness is a key part of it. Without that... Yeah, just be prepared to work hard. It's not all about the the pretty bathing suit and the heels. <laughs> but let's talk about the glory. The glory and, and what comes out of the sacrifice for you at this point. You you actually forged a uh, career on top of what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're you're a you're a top fitness model. So let's uh, talk about that. Let's let's do that. Um, where when when did when did it come to you that you said, hey, you know what? I'm looking good, looking sharp, and I want to be a model now. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Never, never. I'm an accidental model, and I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Um, God, I mean, I was, I was on. You know, obviously, I had been lifting for a while. I had a MySpace. A local photographer saw my MySpace, just you know, candids I had put up, and she could tell that I lifted, and she was looking to shoot uh, a fitness type girl for a fitness shoot to bolster her portfolio so you know no money no nothing I wasn't paid I just showed up to this 
studio. The pictures are mortifyingly embarrassing. I mean, I didn't do my makeup. I didn't do my, I had no clue. No clue. But so this was the first photo shoot that I ever did. This was in like 2005. And I turned around and put those pictures on my space and then somebody else saw them and asked if they could do a photo shoot with me and I said yes and it, it kind of it kind of snowballed from there a little bit and I quickly realized that for whatever reason I had an image that people responded well to and I don't have any clear idea of why that is or isn't um, certain girls take great pictures but the public never jumps on their band their bandwagon and other girls take pictures and public hops on like all hands in the air and for whatever reason my photos were always extremely popular if I ever did photo shoots for you know websites like online websites that feature like fitness girls they were heavily downloaded heavily viewed I just suddenly started realizing that for whatever reason people responded well to my image and I really enjoyed the modeling um, for me it's a, it's a chance you know, to showcase the hard work that you do because figure athletes and fitness girls and bodybuilders and male bodybuilders, we work very hard on a day-to-day -day basis with very little validation. Um, especially even if you're the type of athlete who doesn't place well. doesn't mean you don't work hard. But then you don't even get validation from the judges. There just isn't a lot of day-to-day -day applause or the kind of hell that we put ourselves through. And I think that part of what I like about the modeling is it gives me a chance to get some validation out of what I do. And, you know, in 2009, I was in uh, status and oxygen, I believe. And then it just, that was kind of when I really gained momentum. That was like a big burst. Like somebody jet-fueled my modeling career. <laughs> I, I think that's... And it kind of it kind of pushed it forward even more, and I'm hoping to, you know, work with it even more in 2011. It's definitely one of my goals for this coming year is to push that arena even more so because I feel it's an arena that I'm I'm very successful in. Uh, I think that you you found uh, a little niche. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's doubt. one way to put it. Yep. Yeah. Well, wait, you know what it is. And, and you know I, this whole interview, I've been calling you Allison, and it's like so formal. Mm -hmm. I should be calling you Allie. Um, Sorry, but uh, you know what you what you've done, and and you went from fitness to modeling and everything. You know, one thing I can say from an outsider looking in is that you have a unique look. Okay, that's not like yeah. the the blonde, blue-eyed girls. You know, fitness, this, that. You know, that have. You know, maybe you know. And I'm, I'm going to say that some some women that that are in fitness, I mean, in figure and and bodybuilding, you know, sometimes their face gets a little manly. And uh, yep. you have not you your the way you are, you have a unique look, and you're you're feminine, but you're fierce. You're FF. And I think like a superhero, FF. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think where a lot of women go wrong is they take. I'm not saying I don't take sexy pictures, but I'm saying where a lot of women go wrong, and even uh, I had a conversation with Ava Cowan at the uh, Olympia, and she even mentioned that she had taken some photos before, previously in her career, that she felt hindered her because they were too sexy. Because men are not the only audience you want to play to. Right. It's, it, 
it's very important to get women behind you and to have an image that women can relate to and that women can respond to. And women aren't going to respond to the same types of images that men are. You know, boobs and butt and men are usually good to go. They don't pay much attention to much else. But, you know, women are looking at hair. And uh, I'm not going to argue with you, by the way. <laughs> Women are looking at your hair and your facial expressions. I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I, I look into the soul, but that's just me. Oh, of course, of course you do. Of course, of course you do. You're the exception to the rule. I, I, everyone. I, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just you know, women look for different things. Just like if you open up a woman's magazine, you're going to see different images of Jamie Eason as opposed to if you open up a Muscle Mag centerfold. Right. Because. There's two different audiences that you want to cater to, and I think where a lot of women go wrong is they've just mastered the men. Yeah. And they've totally forgotten about the women. And in order to be marketable, you have to get women to respond to your image. And I notice that I am a lot more popular with women than I am with men. Because you give them something to look forward to. Because I think a lot of women out there that, that are that kind of in tune to what's going on in the, the figure and the bodybuilding world and, and more I guess more so in your, your case the figure world is that they, they want positive influences they want right. people that they can look at and say hey you know what she looks good and sharp but look at her I can maybe achieve that level you know same way with you know, you know models they, they see a high end model a Victoria's Secret model they look at that they say wow I can achieve that and that's basically what you're doing Right. And I think that's awesome. Right. I think that's awesome. Now, what what I want to do uh, is touch on one more thing, just since I have you on the show, and uh, you are, you know, you've competed uh, enough with the struggle and everything. Uh, I want people also to understand that when you're training with your, your figure competitions, or in training in general, bodybuilding, whatever it may be, it's not only uh, mental dedication, passion, physical dedication, you know, there's also a financial obligation <laughs> that comes yes. with it. Okay, so if you can talk about that for a second, that'd be great. Uh, like how poor it makes you? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, how competitors, like, miss paying their rent because they have a show coming up? I mean, it. yes, it's very expensive to compete. Now, it is vastly cheaper at the amateur level than it is the national level, and it's cheaper at the national level than it is the pro level. But, I mean, to put it in to just, you know, straight terms, I did nationals this year. The entry fee just for me to enter the show was 175 That was just for me to have the privilege of standing on stage. And then you have, you know, your suit costs and your makeup costs and your tanning costs and your, if you want to be real nitpicky, your supplement costs and your food costs, not to mention your traveling costs, and it's it's very expensive, and that's another thing, I mean, it's a really damn expensive hobby, you know, better make sure you're financially bolstered if you want to compete. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you have to be dedicated in all ways and understand that sacrifices need to be made. You no, know, it's a, it's an investment, it's, a, it's definitely an investment, it's an investment physically and emotionally and mentally and financially. <laughs> No doubt about it, but you know, look, you you started, you know, you were in school, you're athletic, 
you know, track and field, all the stuff, you were doing this stuff, uh, and from what I understand, you, you ride horses too, or you used to or something? I used to, yeah. Okay. I didn't touch on that, I didn't touch on that. I was raised in Podunksville, Pennsylvania, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I grew up in a farm in, uh, Yeehaw. called Lenhartsville, Pennsylvania, so my parents had horses, so yes, I rode, I rode horses when I was younger. Well, that's pretty cool. So you, you, uh, you've done a lot of different things athletically and, what you're doing in the figure world is impressive. I think that your future is bright. And one thing that I do yeah. know, and you, like your modeling career, I see this like going. You know, I mean, as far as anyone that's any anyone that's a sponsor or or brand uh, that's listening to this show. Yes, please. I've been trying to shove it out there. I'm definitely yeah. looking to get involved with something like that this year. Yeah, you know they you know they should definitely look at you. Uh, because I think that your image is unique, and you have a lot of things in your favor. Okay, your your image is unique. You're, you're fierce. You're young, and if a brand hooks up with you, they they can stay with you for the next ten or twenty years. Yep, because I'll be around. Yeah, and that, that, that's be doing a, this. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's what I love to do. Ah, all right, Hallie. You know, it was great having you on the show. Um, I think yeah. we went through a lot of stuff. Uh, we got a better idea of who you are. And I liked you before. like you more now. There we go. Because, That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, I like you more now because you, I think what we've done here is showed people uh, the real you. And moreover, put a real, I mean, we put a real picture around figure competitive or competition, you know, how it works and, and how, I mean, not not just going to the gym, working out, but the real stuff, you know, the mental and everything else. Yeah, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, the stuff that stuff normally... That makes people call us crazy. Yeah, but, but this is, normally people don't, don't hear this. They read the magazines, they pick up the muscle and fitness and everything else, oh. they do this stuff, you know, and they read this stuff, but they don't, no, they don't connect. So hopefully now they're able to connect. And hopefully now you'll you're you know you have people interested in your online training and everything you're doing and following your career. I certainly hope so. Okay, but on that note, what we're going to do, or what you're going to do for me, is you're going to give our listeners the information so they can follow your career and and look into your online uh, training uh, system and everything else. So I'm going to leave the floor to you right now to just talk about all that. Uh, certainly. Um two websites um my training website the website of my company which is alleyfitness.com www.alley-fitness.com and then my modeling website which is just my name alisonmoyer.com uh, and then of course you can contact me via email uh, it's alisonmoyer at live.com and I have links to I'm not even going to go through it all but I have links to all my social networking obnoxiousness on both websites so you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, BodySpace, the whole, the whole gamut. You're, you're a tweeter, aren't you? You know, <laughs> ugh, I'm a sporadic tweeter. I'm a bad tweeter, actually, because I really don't understand the whole Twitter thing, and I understand how, like, I understand how it works, but I just can't for the life of me get into it. I really should, but, you know, I get hate twits because I don't tweet enough. <laughs> oh my god, you get, get threatening twits. <laughs> I get threatening twits. It's, it's insane. They're like, Allie, you don't tweet enough. And I'm like, I just can't get into this, this concept of tweeting. It's already bad enough that I Facebook and MySpace and 
MySpace and YouTube and everything else. So I'm like, well, that's that's the price oh, you pay yeah. for being you. That's the price you pay for being you. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. But uh, Allie, you know, it was great having you on the show again. You know, uh, your story is inspirational. I'm sure people are going to get a lot of uh, uh, use out of every all the information, everything that that happened here, and hopefully your fan base is going to grow. But what I want to do is I know next year you have uh, several shows lined up. And actually, I'll give you a minute if you want to mention those shows to let people know that you are competing in 2011. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm a little unsure about some of them, but the ones, the national shows that you can definitely count me in for the two are North Americans. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. I do it every year. It's my favorite national show. That's and an then, IFBB uh, one, right? The ISBB North Americans. Don't ask me why they call it that because it is a national show. Okay. And for the life of me, I don't know why they call it that. Um, but it's 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 a uh, it's a national level show, so it's not an actual pro show. And um, the other one that I'll be doing is USA's uh, in Las Vegas, and those are the two that are set in stone. And the rest, you know, got to kind of see which way the cookie crumbles as far as my placings and potential pro card goes. Well, the IFBB North American, that's the first one that's on the agenda, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think I think there you go, pro. That's just my opinion, but that's just me. Let's hope so. I was uh, second there this year. I just missed it. So let's hope it happens this coming year. Uh, well, now I'm going to be rooting for you. So now, now, no pressure, but you better win. No pressure. <laughs> got to win for Lou. Yeah, you got to win for, for me. Lou. There you go, Allie. Allie, thank you again. You've been you've been great. And uh, for our listeners, we'll be back with you uh, with the next the the next episode of the UCW Radio Show. Until then, uh, have a fantastic week. What is your major malfunction? All that is written. All that is be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you.